Well, it seems like a new Christmas story or movie tries to worm its way into a seat at the classics table every season. And since the heyday of Rankin and Bass claymation mainstays, a few have made their way into the public domain that the Dordas are particularly tickled by. I'm talking Elf, Scrooged, The Santa Claus, Home Alone, and our absolute favorite, Christmas Vacation. And it's a tall order to go pointy shoe to pointy shoe with those cinematic Kringle Fests. But I've got a Wally Dorda story for you that might just wiggle its way into your merry and bright media selection for this season at least. I've been saving this tale for two reasons. One, it's a damn good story. And two, it's the last story I plan to share for this podcast. So welcome, for one final time, to my dad, I'm Dad. This is a podcast for anyone who'd ever loved, lost, or anything in between. My name is Doug. Before we move on, I want to thank all the guests who took time out of their days to join me here in Season 2 of this show. That has meant the world. It's been an honor to weave remembering my dad into learning more about each and every one of you. But I started this show as a one-man band, and it really felt appropriate to bang the drum solo for the crescendo. You know what I mean? Now, like most families, the holidays were magical for the Dordas. I can't wait to see Maxine stare at lights and be a little bit more of an active participant in this year's festivities. She's still a little young this year for me to pull one of Dad's favorite tricks, but I've been looking forward to that since she was a twinkle in my eye. You see, the Dordas took Christmas Eve particularly seriously. Dad most of all. We'd gather in the living room, round the tree, spin a VHS copy of Christmas Vacation and make a whole hell of a lot of merry before my brother and I's, quote, bedtime. The aunts and uncles got in on the act by pretending to leave as my brother and I donned some PJs and turned off the lights in our rooms. A couple minutes would go by as the average hustle and bustle noises of family leaving could faintly be heard in the house. And then, some loud thuds, a breath of exclamation, some jingling bells fading into the night, and Dad bellowing down the hall that Brandon and I needed to come quick! Hearts pounding, Bran and I raced from our rooms to find Mom looking stunned at a pile of presents under the tree, and Dad running into the yard, pointing in the air. He just left! Santa just left! I can still see him! You better look! Look! Dad would always point at a star, or some far-off cloud, or the moon, and we'd swear we could see the sleigh heading off to its next destination. Of course, we didn't need to look into the sky to see Santa. Santa was standing next to us pointing into the sky. Santa was pretending not to know how presents had gotten under the tree. Santa had faked leaving the party to help other Santas place presents under that tree. Santa is anyone who gives a damn about kids experiencing actual wonder for as long as they can. My dad, my mom, and my family gave that damn. Now let me be clear. Christmas Day with the other side of the family was wondrous, too. It feels like us cousins did a number on Grandma and Grandpa's every 25th of December. 
but Dad wasn't the author of that experience. Oh, he still yuled the tide, but he was content to take a backseat for that particular sleigh ride. As I got older, the traditions began to change, as will inevitably occur. New family members joined, or some split off to start their own tradition. A different person would host, and so on and so forth. There was one Christmas when I worked at a news station that kept me from visiting my folks on the holidays. And even though the news studio was done up with lights and all the trimmings right down to a tree, it still just didn't feel the same. Until I got a call from my cousin Josie. The phone rang and I shot up out of bed. I had to sleep early, 4 a.m. start time for the morning news. Josie was laughing so hard she was crying, and it took me a while to decipher what she was trying to say. You see, by that Christmas Eve, the basement of my parents' house had been finished. It was complete with a secondary kitchen, entertainment, a cozy atmosphere, and a small bathroom that could handle only number ones. You get where I'm going? Well, it seems that in all the frivolity, Dad had forgotten to alert my cousin Jimmy to the inability of this commode to handle a heavy load. Long story short, soon that brand new basement bathroom transformed into the gift that kept on giving. Dad got the whole family involved in cleanup efforts, shouting for someone to get off your ass, get the shop back, or lend a hand. Dad was a whirlwind of cleaning chaos clad in his signature Santa baseball cap. Now, Josie always knew how to handle her Uncle Wally, even in his less-than-savory moods. So she ran upstairs to call and inform me that, much like the situation in Cousin Eddie's RV, the shitter was indeed full. And there I was, dying laughing in a bed while I should have been sleeping, listening to my cousin dying laughing, knowing Dad was up to his elbows in season's greetings, and feeling like I'd just received the best gift I'd get that whole year. I was physically hundreds of miles from home, but one phone call helped me feel like I was in that basement, and I'd probably have next in a game of euchre. And that's what I thought about as I drifted back to sleep that night. Now let's fast forward to 2018, December 23rd. This is the story I want you to hear. The family gathering was small. It was just Mom, Dad, myself, my wife, Bran, and his then-girlfriend, now wife, Stephanie. Mom had been suggesting we all go and see the light display at Crossroads Village and Huckleberry Railroad. Now, for those unfamiliar, Crossroads is basically a perfectly preserved village from the early 1900s. You could almost see Tom Sawyer whitewashing a fence, you know what I mean? Or an old curmudgeon being visited by three ghosts. There's a charming old schoolhouse, a blacksmith shop, a functional printing press, a railroad, and another attraction none of us expected would mean much that day. That whole village and the entire railway are decked out in intricate lights for the Christmas season. It's the kind of atmosphere your average Hallmark movie screenwriter dreams up. Now, obviously, we thought it was a hell of an idea, but we didn't know if Dad would really dig it at that time. 
The Wally Dorda of December 2018 was already traveling on the road of dementia, but it wasn't quite breakneck speeds just yet. Still, he preferred being home, so we gave it some thought. The family had a talk, and we were on our way. The plan was simple. Let's enjoy it as long as Dad seems to enjoy himself. And we'd take off the moment he expressed a hint of a desire to leave. And as you can imagine, the parking lot was crowded, and anyone hell-bent on Holly Jolly was strolling through the entrance to be entranced. And Dad was quiet, but he was wrapped in his warm-down jacket and content to come along. Of course, the lights were dazzling. They were everywhere. The train, the various sounds associated with it were charming and nostalgic, and they brought visions of the Polar Express to mind. But Dad walked right past it. We brought him into the general store to get some candy and feel the old world charm. It failed to cast a spell, but he walked on. And the lights led us to the printing press, where leaflets and announcements were being meticulously crafted by someone who cradled individual letters with all the finesse a modern toddler, <coughs> Maxine, lacks when smashing buttons on a keyboard. Dad showed some intrigue, but he didn't say much, and he strode on. The lights led us to the blacksmith. Now here, here, was something Dad was bound to get excited by. He stood watching the smith work for longer than I anticipated, and his eyes scanned with more intrigue than any stop in the village previously. Something was clicking. We weren't expecting the Wally Dorda of the 90s necessarily, but a Wally Dorda that seemed interested was pretty awesome to stand next to. As we left the smith's shop en route to the old church, the smell of kettle corn wafted on the air, and Amanda mentioned that it smelled good. Well, Dad raised a brow and made a beeline for that merchant. Next thing I knew, I was holding a bag of caramelized popcorn the size of a Yeti's stocking as we all crunched and munched our way toward that church. Now, I mentioned in the past that we aren't religious, so it's no surprise we were in and out of there. Cool candles, though. Now, quickly, before I get to the heart of the story, I find it important to note that almost every Christmas movie worth its weight in fruitcake ultimately boils down to the fact that Christmas, the holidays in general, can feel forced, rushed, commercialized, isolating, draining, or stressful. Rudolph gets picked on and cast out. Cindy Lou Who asks where Christmas has gotten off to. And the Griswold family literally combusts. And then, inevitably, a torchbearer for the true spirit of insert holiday here arrives with an aha moment that snaps the reason for the season into focus and soon it's... Joy to the world! The Grinch's heart is about to grow three sizes, you know what I mean? I have absolutely felt a version of those feelings on more than one Christmas, and Dad certainly wasn't all that jolly when we began our tour of Crossroads. But he had a little more pep in his step as we neared a large circular structure at the rear of the park that would allow us some relief from the winter elements. The interior of that building was warm, yeah, but it was packed. Loud, 
a little chaotic and essentially all the things Dad wasn't fond of at that time. But as we turned to get a read on his facial expression, we saw a light smile on his face. He was staring at the attraction in the center of the room that was making all the racket. A pipe organ was blaring, and the hand-painted horses of a 1912 Charles W. Parker carousel were reflected in Dad's glasses. None of us could believe it. We thought for sure he'd sprint out of there, but he got closer. His eyes began to twinkle, and his smile broadened. Suddenly, he asked, You gonna ride it? And we could see it. Dad was jazzed. We asked him if he wanted to ride, and he didn't miss a beat. Well, yeah. Suddenly, we're all standing in line waiting our turn, and Dad is animated. He's bouncing on the balls of his feet. He's gassing up the people riding ahead of us. Everyone ready? You better hold on. It goes fast. I'm not saying this was like the moment in the notebook where he was precisely his old self but he was radiating something none of us had seen in a while. Shades of green and red, you dig? And we took boatloads of pictures standing in that line. The anticipation, the electricity of the moment, and the eagerness Dad radiated can be seen in those pictures. But I'll be honest, living in that moment with him felt like the adults at the end of the Santa Claus receiving mystery date and the weenie whistle from the one and only Santa. The aha moment, the one in every Christmas movie, had arrived. The time came for us to pick a mountain saddle up. Dad beamed. He whooped, laughed, and roared through that entire ride. We all did. For the roughly two minutes that we went round, which seemed like an eternity, each one of us saw all the Wally Dordas that had ever been. Bran got to ride next to his best friend. Mom rode with the man she married. Amanda saw the man she met on our first date. Stephanie saw who her future father-in-law might be. And I rode with someone I didn't think I'd ever meet. My dad is a boy. All those versions of Wally mixed down into Santa Dad by the time our ride came to a halt. Dad was buzzing with yuletide cheer and we got swept up in the wake of the moment, so we strode the rest of the village. He was looking at the lights now, commenting on how pretty everything was, and laughing at jokes. None of us expected that he'd want to take the train ride when we headed back toward the front, but when we asked, he was game. Well, sure! His voice was booming, loud and clear. Dad sang along with the Christmas carols as the train steamed on, and we all sat in awe as an actual Christmas miracle played out in front of our eyes. Now, Dad himself would often say that I had the gift of gab, or that I had gotten a degree in bullshit. But I promise you, all of this happened, and not even I can describe it with as much awe as it deserves. We made our way home, and we could tell the effect of the carousel was beginning to wane. Dad got quieter, but he remained content. On previous holidays, he would have spent all night playing pool, 
euchre, or watching movies and knocking back some beverages with us. But he got comfy in bed and put on a Hallmark flick. I swear, though, a little smile played at his lips any time we looked in on him. Cozy Dad with lights reflecting on his glasses is one of my favorite ways to remember him. It's like that reflection acted as a window into his soul. Bright, warm, light. That was Dad. A vivid, wild shine in the world that illuminated everything around him. Even if it was gone before its time. My brother has different stories about Dad. My mom has more stories concerning Dad than I'll ever know. My sister has countless tales about being his daughter before I was even an idea. If you're lucky enough to meet any of them sometime in the future, ask them about Wally Dorda. I don't know exactly what they'd say, but I bet you'll laugh, cry, and everything in between. This show has been a true honor and a blessing to make, and I can't wait for my daughter to listen to it one day and know her judge the way I think he'd want to be known. Again, a massive thanks to the guests of Season 2. A huge thanks to those who supported and inspired me. And thanks, as always, to Andy Bird for the use of the music in the show. But a most special, very special thank you to anyone and everyone who listened. It's been my pleasure to introduce you to Wally Dorda, my dad. As for me, well, I've got work to do. I'm always working to be a good dad and a better husband, but I'm also going to try my hand at audiobook narration and other voice work. I admit I was actually inspired by one of those terrible Hallmark movies this season. A character states that the universe rewards the brave. Time to get serious about other creative pursuits. I can practically hear Dad saying, Enough about me, son. Time to get the lead out. Oh, and if you think you'll miss hearing me talk about movies or hearing me on podcasts, I'm happy to share that Amit of D54 graciously offered me a spot as a recurring host. So I'll be sure to update you all via social media as both avenues progress. And so... This may be the last story for the podcast, but my story, my family's story, goes on, and I'll always leave an empty chair for Dad to join us along the way. Thank you one final time for listening to my dad. I'm Dad. The podcast will continue to be hosted for another month or so, should you feel inclined to listen to any old episodes or share them with family or friends. Instead of a Wally wisdom, I'm going to end the show the same way Dad answered the phone during the holidays. Ring. Dad would pick up. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and one hell of a good new year to you all. I'll see you around sometime. Promise. <laughs>